We've been studying in this month of December on Wednesday night on the theme of rest. And I know we have some children and teenagers in here tonight. Maybe when you hear of rest, you think of taking a nap. And I know when I was 12 years old, taking a nap did not seem that exciting. But I find that the older I get, the more wonderful a nap becomes. And so I at least have some agreement with the over 12 year old child tonight that those naps sound really good. But the Bible has a lot to say about rest, and it's not just talking about taking naps. In fact, when we read in God's Word, we read in Genesis 1 and 2 of the story of creation. How God created the world in six days. And then the Bible says in Genesis 1 or 2, verses 1 and 2, that on the seventh day, He rested. And this theme of rest can be found throughout Scripture, and I think it's a very important and encouraging thing for us. That's tonight's just rest. Rest does not mean taking a nap. That being said, as we talk about rest tonight, I want us to think about how we can rest with confidence. To rest with confidence. There are many people who are facing fear, things they are scared of, and that keeps people up at night sometimes. I talked to somebody just a few years ago whose mother was up in years and she was near the end of her life. And she said, she's afraid to go to sleep at night because she's afraid that she won't wake up away in her sleep. Can you imagine living every day afraid to go to sleep because you're afraid that you might not wake up? And yet there are some that struggle with this. There are others that are afraid to do anything, really. To, I talked to a lady just recently. She said, ever since COVID, I have not left my house one time because this world is a crazy place and there's so many things that are going wrong and so many terrible things. Now she might be saying faith in her house, but I would say that she doesn't have much. Or you might talk to a brand new mother, somebody who's got to stay up late with her child all night, and she's saying, "I just wish I could get a little bit of rest." Today, I heard on the news that the stock market is on course to finish it with its worst year since 2008. There's some people who their finances are tied up in the stock market and they may not be getting much rest thinking about that, concerned about what they're going to do financially. I talked to a friend yesterday who he's a pastor friend of mine and they've been through a very difficult year this year. One of the things they faced that was a really hard challenge was their home caught fire and uh, didn't fully burn down. They, they were able to put the fire out before it got to completely burn down on their home. But this is a very difficult thing to have to put all that back together and to deal with the insurance on top of that. He's dealt with lots of personal attacks and people who at one time said they were his friends but began to tell lies about him and attack him. There are many things in this life that keep us from but as we finish out this year, while there are many difficult things, there are also many things to praise God for. Many things that we can give Him thanks for. We can praise Him for new births. As I mentioned in my prayer a few minutes ago, we're praising Him for ladies having new babies this year. They were going to have a 
three little baby boys, maybe a white kid. We're excited about that. That's something to praise the Lord for. We can praise the Lord for people who have been married this past year. That's a wonderful thing. For people who have trusted Christ as their Savior this past year. That's something wonderful to praise the Lord for. For how God is blessed here in our church and in our missionaries and in their ministries around the world. We can bless God and praise Him even during the difficult times because God teaches us to trust Him more and to be like upon Him. And so as we finish out 2022 and as we look forward to 2023, I want us to look forward with hope. Look forward with great expectation at what God will do. God, you might be somebody who is the kind of person that thinks the glass half empty instead of the glass half full. And you might look at some of the difficult things in your life and say, well, I don't know if there's much to hope for in this next year because I have some hard things to see. That can be a natural human response. And yet the scripture that we'll look at tonight in Proverbs chapter 3 tells us how we can rest with confidence in the Lord. To be able to rest like a baby in his mother's arms. Or to rest like a person whose faith well provided for and loved. We can find rest as children of God. So here in Proverbs 3, let's look at verses 19 through 26. The Bible says, The Lord, by wisdom, has founded the earth. By understanding that He established the heavens. By His knowledge, the depths have broken up, and the clouds got down the field. My son, let not them depart from thy eyes. Keep sound wisdom and distress, and so shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely in thy foot. Shall not stumble when thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down in thy sleep, shall be sleep. Be not afraid. Neither of the desolation of the wicked will it come. For the Lord shall be thy comfort. It shall keep thy faith and be I want you to notice, first of all, tonight, in verses 19 and 20, God gives us an example of working and resting. And it speaks about this when it talks about how He made the world. You see there in verse 19, it describes God's creation of the world in a very unique way. It says, The Lord, by wisdom, has founded the earth. Now, somebody recently explained this to me about what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about wisdom. Proverbs uses three different words that sometimes we might see as interchangeable words, but they each have a different meaning. One is knowledge. Another is understanding. The third word is wisdom. That's knowledge. But knowledge is, if I were to tell you, Elijah, say but understanding comes for Elijah if he goes over and touches the stove. Finds out for himself. But wisdom is being able to take knowledge. 
clothing on, and not touch the clothes in the first place by applying your knowledge to real life and not having to go through the experience of touching the clothes in order to have it. And, and the Bible speaks about God exercising his wisdom. This isn't just his mental prowess, but rather his ability to exercise his knowledge and work in this world to accomplish something great. And this is what God did when he founded the earth. The Lord, by wisdom, has founded the earth. Isn't it amazing when you look at how the earth is created? How intricate it is, how it works together, how the planets are in alignment, how the seasons work, how, how it gets hot and cold, and how the, the, uh, the whole system of water coming down to earth is raining and going down to the rivers and evaporating back up into the clouds and the whole water cycle and the whole process of photosynthesis, how trees can take life and with water coming up to their roots and they can produce power to be able to live and they can take carbon dioxide and turn it into oxygen. Like it's really incredible all the things that God did when he made the earth. He took his all surpassing knowledge and he applied it with his wisdom to I understand that he established the heavens by his knowledge to get to break it up and the clouds brought down the deep. He speaks about this water cycle right here in this passage of Scripture. But when we look at this, of this event taking place back in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, the Bible tells us then, after God created the world, it says the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them, and on the seventh day, God ended his work. Which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work that God created. God gave us an example of work and then rest. His work came before rest. And his rest did not come until his work was complete. Throughout the rest of Scripture, we see that God wants us to follow his example. His example is to be followed. Genesis, I'm sorry, Joshua 22 and verse 4, we read about how Joshua has now led the children of Israel into the promised land. And notice what he calls it. Joshua 22, 4. And now... The Lord your God has given rest unto your brethren, as He promised them. Therefore, now return ye and get you under your tents and under the land of your possession, which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you on the other side of Jordan. And then in Joshua 23 1, it says, And it came to pass after a long time that the Lord had given rest. Think about the children of Israel. They're living for generations. They're looking for the promised land. Remember, they were living in slavery in Egypt. And God came through those plagues that He brought through His servant Moses. And He set His people free. And they went out in the wilderness, traveling to their land of rest, this promised land. They got there. But remember, they were afraid to go in. And so they spent 40 more years wandering in the wilderness because. They refused to trust God that God could provide for them to take them into this land of rest, this land uh, that flowed with milk and honey, and they finally 
He's giving you his breath. You see this picture almost in line 22, back to God and his creation, and then God rests. And Adam and Eve are there in the garden with him, and they're at perfect rest because they're with their heavenly Father each and every day. He comes down and he sees them and he spends time with them. They remember what happens to them in the garden. And they were cast out into the world. And God cursed them and he said that they would work by the sweat of their brow. In other words, he said there will be no more work. And God made a promise. That he said, this Eve would come, the one that would bruise the head of the serpent. God was promising that someday there would come rest, and the rest would come through Jesus Christ. Here the children of Israel had been, they wandered 40 years, they finally make it across the Jordan River into the promised land, and Joshua says, We're now at rest. And even though they had rest in the promised land, it was only comfortable. Chapter 22 says, The Lord has given rest unto all Israel from all their enemies round about. How long did that last? See, we often look to the physical things of this earth to provide the rest that only God can do. We often look to things and say, Well, when I just accomplish this task, whatever it is, then I'll be at rest. So Christmas break when I'm all done with school and I can finally rest. Back to the ground, no more rest. And then you go through the spring semester. Oh, I can't wait till summer break. And you get to the old graduates from high school and you get college and you get to the new you come home and you have a summer job. And you come home and, and then you graduate from college and you get a job and you go, when do we ever get some rest for that? You just work all the time. You know, I think mankind is constantly looking for rest. God's rest came when His work was done. But if you're still here on this earth, your work is not done. God still has a plan for you. God's example in rest is to be followed, but true rest can only be found in Him. And God's rest is to be desired. It is to be desired. In fact, the book of Hebrews talks about this in Hebrews 4, verses 8 through 11. It says, For if Jesus has given them rest, he's talking here about the children of Israel. If Jesus has given them rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. In other words, just because they made it back to the promised land, that wasn't their final place of rest. Because Jesus is teaching here that there's a greater rest than just the physical rest that we think. 
Oh, getting done with school. Oh, getting done with work. Going on vacation. Oh, having enough money. Oh, getting over this health issue. Oh, whatever it is, but now I can be at rest. And Jesus says, no, there remains a rest. There's still rest to come. It's not here yet. It says, for he that has entered into his rest is able to God is to live. And here's how you know that Right there in the text, so shall they be blessed. 
hope you want to find true life. It's found in knowing God. Jesus said it very simply. John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes under the Father. That's bad. It's following God's example. But in living according to God's truth brings life and grace. Jesus said in John 6, verse 63, it is the spirit of the Christian that gives life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are And do this, and it'll be fun. You'll we'll have a great time. You'll we'll have a great life if you do this. If you follow this pattern, these are the three keys to a happy and successful life. It is another premise of years, or even another year. You'll have all kinds of articles about it. Here's the top ten resolutions you can make this year that will change your Thinking the things that we're struggling with, the things that maybe you don't understand, or you have questions about, and taking it to the Lord and saying, God, what does your word say about this? Teach me your way. So following God's example, the second thing that it brings is found in verse 23. Following God's example, look at verse 23. Then says, I walk in thy way. If you want to have true life, if you want to know what life really is all about, live for the Lord. Because living for Christ is what gives us eternal life. A relationship with Him, through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, and living with Him day by day is how to live for eternal life. But then He says, if you follow my example, you're walking the flesh. Is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou cast thy foot against thee. Now, reading from Psalm 91, do you know a famous person who saved from this psalm in the New Testament? If you cast yourself down, heaven, God promised that He will make it so that His angels will bear thee up from one path to put it, or down to put it in the sun. He quoted scripture and he corrected them because Satan was using the scripture incorrectly. But he too free from God's warning. God promises to take care of His people. He takes care of those who make Here 
living according to God's way will protect you from tricking and falling into the many snares of the devil and this world system. The scripture says over in, in Psalm 119, how God's word is a lamp coming to our feet and a light unto our life. It's a light to know what it is. We don't trip and fall. It's okay. I think we can start to get caught up. Crashing by something that takes the place and we're going to fall. You don't have to get caught up. And you say, well, I like to learn things the hard way. Learn things God's way by taking Him in His Word, believing what He says, and walking in wisdom, taking the truth that you know and applying it to your life. And He says that keep your foot that follows the footstep of stumble, the falling down the steps of the safety. The third thing here in this passage that we see comes as we follow in God's example, as we walk in wisdom. He says it very clearly in verse 24 following God's example is in His life. When I lie at death, Every night you could not sleep. You would feel exhausted. You feel sick. You feel tired. Feel tired. Here the psalmist repeats this in Psalm four and verse eight when he says, "I will go lay down in peace and sleep for my Lord only." When you live according to God's word. Let me give you a New Testament example of this. Jesus said in John chapter 10, in verse 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Don't you think you can rest? What am I going to do? Do you ever ask those kinds of questions? Do you ever feel fear? Do 
were afraid to do it. You just do not afraid. Neither is the declaration of wicked when it comes. Don't even be afraid of wicked people who come and try to destroy you. Why? Because the Lord Have to 
leave without any peace in my heart, but it's able to leave Don't, don't look at your balance sheet to find rest. Don't just look at the reports that you get from the doctor's office to find rest. You probably won't find rest there either. And it definitely, even if it does seem restful, it's not the same. Lord, we look forward to that one day when Jesus returns or when He takes us home to heaven.